Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Thursday, September the 1st. We thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. And from KCKS is Ray Pritchard. How you doing, Brother Ray? Hey, I'm doing good, Tim. How are you? Got your uh, got your football KC shirt on there, do you? Yes, I've sir. Seen that. Yes, sir. Patrick is my homie. My homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you Listen, t- that's big here in Kansas City. That's big, big. Right. That's uh, the Patrick Kansas is City. My homie. That Kansas- kid's got some talent. If he keeps at it, you he's, know, he's going to be he's, he's, he's going to make something of himself someday, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, football season is here. This is it. It's upon us. Uh, tonight, there's mm-hmm. some games, some college games all over the country. What do you, Have you looked at the lineup, Ray? Yeah, we've got Penn State at Purdue, and then uh, Oklahoma State's playing tonight. And, uh, uh, oh, there's games. There's about 15 you know, games or so. 15 games, yeah. I think maybe the, the, the Penn State at Purdue game might be the biggest one tonight. But a whole bunch of, you know, typical first week kind of games west virginia at pitt okay that's big. i'm just that's thinking of my big. patio on my channel flipper that's what i'm thinking of with huh <laughs> allison i've watched all the blue blood reruns we kind of we can handle <laughs> time for it's, a change it's about time for some live college football mm-hmm. i'm still trying to figure out how to get my university to be like vanderbilt and schedule an away game in hawaii <laughs> So you I mean, can go? That, that's yeah. how to roll. Get on that's that, right. Mr. Cohen, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, Ball State at Tennessee. Let's see what else we got here tonight. Uh, Louisiana Tech at Missouri. Anyway, it's a uh, – I don't know. what's the, uh, the weather here, Ray, we have low humidity here in North Mississippi today in Tupelo. I mean, it's, it's, about, I, I wanted it's, to got, thank, a hint, it's got a hint of fall. I wanted mm-hmm. to thank Ray. I really did. For, for what? Because he was bragging about the cool weather yes, uh, in his hometown. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back a few days ago. Yeah. Just arrived here overnight. It is. <laughs> Thank, a gift to you from your friends in I Kansas appreciate City. It. I got up this morning, 65 degrees. Oh, nice. Like this, yeah. this Mississippi. Listen, I love, I love summertime. I really do. But, man, when you get to the end of August, you're just like, okay. We've had it. Yeah. We've, we've had it. We've I'm, had I'm, it I'm, ready for, I'm ready for some – Cool, you bet. Some cool mornings. I don't like better cold, but I, I like I like fifty five, sixty, sixty five, right in there with low humidity. What is the weather today in KC? It's seventy seven degrees right oh, now. Man. It's bright sunny. It's a good golf weather. Yeah. Tim, if you when the show's over, if you'll hit the road, I can get you a tea time <laughs> about one thirty up here. <laughs> I can fix you hey, up. Hit man. the road and be there at one thirty. Wow. That's right. <laughs> Drive really fast. <laughs> if only a if only a good golf game would follow me. Yeah, but, uh, all right. So anyway, we thank you for listening, everybody, and we hope you're having nice weather wherever you may be uh, today. I was watching the. Uh, uh, I looked over at the Weather Channel app this morning, and <clears throat> uh, just to check out, you know, you know, as, as I say, the older you get, the more you click on the Weather Channel. Uh, and check the weather. I don't know. I don't know what that phenomenon is about. But anyway, <laughs> the uh, 
you know, we haven't had any hurricanes, right? Correct. Right. And the prediction back in April, May, and June from weather experts was that we were going to, and climate change people, that this was going to be the, we were just going to be worn out with them by now, mm-hmm. right? With hurricanes I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and and we will probably see some hurricanes, you know, because it lasts through November, I think, or at least the first part of November. But I was watching the Weather Channel meteorologists talk about what's happening out there in the Atlantic in terms of drop you know, storms potentially coming to America. A couple of days ago, there were three, mm-hmm. and I clicked over there, and his voice got really excited. <laughs> the idea that, okay, we here we go. Here we go. Here we go, folks, and we're about to get into hurricane season. And I clicked over there this morning, and all three of the storms were expected to peter out or, or, or go north. Do they say petered out Peter, most places? Yeah. yeah. Everybody understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Petered out? Yeah. So he... <laughs> poor fe- poor fellow was just—he was just depressed. His yeah. voice, his, his voice. He said, "They just look like they're going to go, not going to come here." And you uh, know, that's really good news. And he was trying not to cry at the same time, right? I was like, uh, "Man, I don't know what we're going to do for the next ten days. We can't get a hurricane to come over here." Yeah, about a thousand global warming activists, yeah, are gathering in Puerto Rico, and they're all going to exhale at once <laughs> to hope to speed up the st- <laughs> strength of the storm. You know, we're just, I'm just saying that they predicted a lot of hurricanes for us and that you had to materialize. And that was further claims of man-made global warming being catastrophic yeah. on the planet. And I'm yeah. just, you know. That, I, ju- I just, I, you know, people we, have said before, God has a sense of humor. Yeah. He just said, hmm, well, uh, so much right. for this. <laughs> Listen, we've had hurricanes forever, and we'll have hurricanes right. going forward. It's just the way right. it is. But these predictions of super storms that are caused by my SUV or my van, it just, uh, that's not happened yet, okay? That's what I'm saying. And I was reading also Larry Elder last night. I was reading a column he had. Did you see this? I saw that. I don't know where it is on the Internet, but uh, Larry Elder, the uh, conservative from uh, California. I love it. I love it. He he had a, a litany of end of the world gloom and doom weather predictions from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Just did you see this? Uh, huh? All the, the these the, the same profession that's saying we're going to die from global warming. Can can I read the? Yeah, please do. One of the samples Larry Elder put out. You know what the, we're talking about, Ray? No, the, I do the, not. Well, the, it's these predictions from the seventies. Right, right. Uh, go ahead. This is the Boston Globe in nineteen seventy. Scientist predicts a new ice age by 21st century. Air pollution may obliterate the sun and cause a new ice age in the first third of the next century. If the current rate of increase as electric power generation continues, the demands right. for cooling water will boil, dry the entire flow of the rivers and streams of continental United States. So we're not supposed to have any. Well, are they supposed to be frozen by now? Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all our rivers and streams here. Mm-hmm. If you believe what they said in the seventies, and this was the Boston Globe, and and the, he's got a litany of these. Larry Elder does. Oh, uh, he's got nine of them. Nine of, and they were predictions, basically uh, apocalyptic predictions for the ice age to come in the next few decades. These stories being written in the seventies. One more uh, from nineteen eighty nine. Okay, hmm. a senior UN environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth.
by rising sea levels if global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. Missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, read the, read the one from Al Gore. Oh, He's got a quote from Al Gore. You got that one in there? Let's see. Let me see if I can. See, see if you can find it. I put Fred on the spot here. Yes. Um, it's Al Gore in uh, 06, I think, predicting the end. The end is near. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay. Unless drastic measures to reduce. Um, that's an Al Gore yeah, voice. Okay, that's your Al Gore voice. <laughs> Unless drastic measures to reduce greenhouse gases are taken within the next 10 years, the world will reach a point of no return. Okay, he Al said Gore, that he said that in 06? 2006. Okay, so 16 <laughs> then we were supposed to hit the point of no return, right? Mhm. So, yeah. Eat, drink and be merry cuz there's nothing we can do about it now. The the die is cast. Yeah. Maybe we've all been dead for six years. We just don't, we just don't realize it. Well, now, now there was a, there is a just to have a little more fun with this. The uh, state of California. Are we stealing Steve Jordahl's story here? No. Uh, no. Okay, you know, tell them, Chris. You know what I'm talking about, Chris. Yes, I do. Okay, t tell our listeners what 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 California is is. is is done here. right well just a little bit of background here is we have reported on afn.net uh, california announced a plan <clears throat> where beginning in 2035 they're going to phase out or ban the sale of new gasoline powered cars they want to go only electric vehicles on the car lots by 2035 yes now good luck with that one but exactly <laughs> What makes that really, really interesting and humorous this morning is the fact that California, which has had electricity problems for a long time now, is now at the point where their electricity supply is so bad, they're telling people not to charge their electric cars. <laughs> so when, I'm Chris Woodson. So, yes, okay. yeah. so yesterday, yesterday, California's this Governor Newsom. Newsom. Real cream. Who may be running for president in uh, the not too distant future. Right. Uh, so he... he Governor Newsom uh, said, you know, we need every, of course he won't be governor then, but he's that we need everybody. No, we're going to require mm -hmm. California to get rid of uh, cars that use gasoline by mm -hmm. 2035. Right. And then Correct. the day after that, he has to tell everybody put charge in <laughs> your electric cars because we're running out of energy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We can't, we oh, can't. Brother. Huh? No, yeah. that that really happened. No, no. Yeah. I just yeah. posted the Newsweek link to that on our Facebook yeah. feed if you're watching. All right. Should you want to watch this show, I don't think it requires much electricity. Uh, <laughs> you can do so at Facebook, YouTube. Uh, just type in Today's Issues, Today's Issues, or you can use our live streaming service, streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net is our live video uh, streaming service. You can take advantage of that streaming.afa.net. What else you got, Chris? Well, President Joe Biden is contributing to uh, man-made global warming today by getting in his giant emitter that is Air Force One, and he's flying to Philadelphia, where on taxpayer dime, he's going to be delivering a speech in primetime uh, addressing what he's calling the soul of the nation. Okay. And if the last few days are any indication, he's going to use this as an election year platform to badmouth MAGA Republicans. Uh, but what is interesting here, and I've got some audio, uh, we're going to begin with Joe Biden on Inauguration Day, Mr. Unity, Joe Biden, saying, I'm not going to be a president of red states and blue states, but the United States, we all need to come together. And then it's going to end with him just a few days ago, bad-mouthing Republicans. Clip one. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this. 
bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. We can join forces, stop the shouting and lower the temperature. And so today, at this time, in this place, let's start afresh. We're at a serious moment in our nation's history. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. The MAGA Republicans are destroying America? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. tonight, so what you're saying, uh, first he started out as Mr. Unity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And, and now he's... I don't understand, Fred, and Ray, chime in on this. Uh, well, I do understand when Republicans attack a Democrats and Democrats attack Republicans every day, all day. Okay, we're used to that. But the, the Democrats control the House, Senate, and the White House, and all the agencies, including the FBI, by mm -hmm. the way. Uh, uh, I don't understand what he's – why is he focusing in on – what he calls MAGA Republicans. They don't have any power. No, they don't have any power. But here, here's uh, what I, I think if you were to ask him to define a MAGA Republican, right. define that for me, which no reporter apparently asks him uh, to do that. I think he is referring, uh, MAGA Republicans are those, for instance, who question his climate change agenda. That's, that, a, that's a MAGA Republican. Okay. How dare you? Uh, he talks about a threat to our nation uh, because if we don't follow the climate change agenda. A threat to democracy is what he said. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, I, and I think there what he's talking about is these Republicans who want people to prove that they are a citizen before they can vote. That to Joe Biden That's is a threat a, to democracy? That is a threat to democracy, yes. Yeah. Ray, any yeah, thoughts and those on that? Republicans who, who want to uh, fortify the southern border yeah. so that people come in legally and not illegally. I mean, we are we are the threat to the nation because we want election integrity and we want secure borders. That's yeah. nuts. I'll tell you another, well, probably one of the main reasons he's doing this. Is this speech tonight in Philadelphia? It is. It's going to be at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. As of right now, knowing how he and virtually ever president is, it will start late. Okay. So he's going to give a, a speech. It, it's, a, it's a speech intended for the nation, mm -hmm. basically. I think this is to draw attention away from the situation with the economy being very bad. His, his poll numbers are way down, talking about Biden, sub 40 in some, some polls. Um, and so – You've got you got those two big things right there. So how do I deflect from attention to those things? I start talking about how scary the MAGA Republicans are. Yep. And that so turn try to turn the attention on on these these red hat people. Yeah. And you know who would agree with you? Who? Minority leader Kevin McCarthy. Because he And we was, haven't even talked. Yep. He would agree with you. Uh, what we're going to play for you next mm -hmm. is an exchange uh, yesterday at the White House with our friend Corrine Jean-Pierre. White House, uh, she, she talks about the MAGA people. She's how often the 
African-American lesbian with the French name. Yeah. Yes. You talk that, about checking the boxes And on that diversity. had nothing to do with her appointment, I'm sure. Anyway, we're going to hear from her, and then we're going to hear from Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Cut to. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. The way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. Uh, they just don't respect the rule of law. He's trying to distract from his disasters that he's created in this country. The problem with Joe Biden is he does not understand the soul of America. The tens of millions of hardworking, law-abiding citizens that he vilifies that simply want to have a say in their kids' education, to go to a school board meeting, want a gasoline price that they can afford, no longer wants inflation to continue to rise, afraid to go out in their streets to be safe again. They want a stronger, safer, more prosperous America, and all he does is vilify them to distract from the disasters and no plan he has to save America from where we are today. You know, I, I guess I could I could better understand this approach by Biden if the Republic, even the Republican Party, not to mention what he calls the MAGA Republicans, control the House, Senate, or the White House. Of course, to, to control the White House, it wouldn't be Biden speaking, but there again, I, I'm, I don't know. He's talking about a threat, right? Mm -hmm. That that doesn't have the power to do anything. That's, yeah. Huh? So, yeah. I, so I don't understand. What, I, well, I do. I understand the attention is, mm -hmm. as Kevin McCarthy said, speak, uh, the uh, minority leader in the House, is to deflect attention away from his failures. So how do I do that? I tell people... Uh, you know, red hat, scary, Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. going on. And we need to, I, I don't know what he's going to suggest needs to happen there. But uh, he doesn't want American people uh, to look at him and blame him for the economy. He doesn't want the American people to blame him for the invasion that's occurring on our southern border. Right. Uh, uh, so in order to deflect that, the yeah. American people, we've seen in the polls now for months and months and months. He's buried in the polls. So what? what's the response of the White House? Let's paint those mm -hmm. who oppose us as being a threat to democracy. Besides the MAGA, uh, what is it, MAGA? MAGA Republicans. MAGA yeah. Republicans. Yeah. Sometimes he goes, he shortens it and says MAGA Republicans. Yeah. Uh, that, of course, he added semi-fascist there the other day. Yes, he mm -hmm. did. He mm -hmm. added that to and, the description. And you may hear that again yeah. tonight. I think it's worth mentioning here that uh, these MAGA Republicans— mm -hmm. Uh, that he says are a threat to democracy, they're being forced to pay for him to travel to go and give this speech uh, and and travel back. They're, and, and, you know, they were just told last week that we're all going to have to pay for people's student loan forgiveness. Yeah. So, you know, he's he it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a taxpayer-funded campaign event for him at a time in which his polling numbers are low and Democrats look like they're mm -hmm. about to take a beating in the midterm. Next story, Chris. All right. We do have some good news. Good news, Chris. I have good news, breaking news, uh, you know, that I have good news. Um, there was a, a ruling. It sounds like something from a satirical news article, but it is not. The Ninth Circuit, arguably the most liberal judicial circuit. That's the circuit. hippie circuit. It is. It's, it's more liberal than many of the liberal circuits put together. Uh, but on Monday, the Ninth Circuit, in a two-to-one ruling, told a California high school, you must recognize... The Fellowship of Christian Athletes as a club on campus. 
uh, the high school in the San Jose area did not like the fact that the FCA wanted uh, their leadership to adhere to biblical principles, that they would have to sign a statement of faith, uh, that you would have to promise to be pure and not engage in sexual relations with one another. The school said that violated their district's anti-discrimination policy in the Ninth Circuit I, I in know, San Jose, what, what, California. What, what school uh, has so much time on their hands <laughs> that they can they, they want to go after the FCA chapter? Yeah, it's, what school uh, is that? It's a Pioneer High School there in the uh, San Jose area. But, but uh, again, good news is even a far-left court mm-hmm. – a federal the, the the federal court in the Ninth Circuit, which is in California, San mm-hmm. Francisco. I call it the hippie court. <laughs> they, they even they. It was only three judge panel. Yes, but even they said the school cannot forbid mm-hmm. the Fellowship of Christian Athletes from having a chapter just because the FCA wants their members to subscribe to. Christian, Christian teachings. Yeah, yeah. So I do have some audio. Do I have time for a short we, clip? Yeah, who are we hearing from? Okay, this is attorney Kayla Tony of First Liberty Institute. They were one of the law firms that filed a brief at the Ninth Circuit on behalf of the F, uh, FCA. Clip six. Well, I'm delighted with the outcome because the court really got the First Amendment right. They found that um, religious exercise is an important constitutional right for students of all faiths and that the school district couldn't discriminate against this club just because it was religious and because it asked its leaders to agree with its religious principles. All right. Good news. Yeah. How many times have we seen this? In particular, the San Jose school uh, board there Mm -hmm. didn't like that part of the faith statement of the SCA that said uh, God created man and women and uh, that sexuality should take place within the bounds of a marriage defined by a man and a woman. That's Christian teaching yeah. for 2,000 years. Right. Yes. That's right. what they particularly took issue with. Well, again, the, we've talked about this before. Any objection to LGBTQ, mm-hmm. any resistance to LGBTQ, any op, anybody who says uh, that's not biblical, then they become vilified yes. as haters and bigots and homophobes and transphobes. Yeah. And sh- therefore should be forbidden from having a place on campus. Mm-hmm. But good news. the uh, We got another good news story out of Kansas, right? Yes, we you, do. Do you have that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There that- is a, a teacher. Uh, she's now retired. Uh, her name is Pamela Rickard. And uh, she was one of those teachers that was uh, accused by the school district of Where, not using What school district? Uh, it's uh, Fort Riley. Yes. Fort thank you very much. Yeah. I should have asked you. You asked you're our, ca- our Kansas yeah. correspondent. That's right. Couple of, you know, a couple hours west of Kansas yes. City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she was uh, suspended because she did not use a student's preferred pronouns, and uh, she lawyered up with our friends and allies at Alliance Defending Freedom. They went to court on her behalf, and come to find out, she was also told by the school district that she could not tell the child's parents about what the kid wanted to be called at school. The, and she the, the, administ- to- the school administration yes. were, were trying to come down on this teacher for this? Yes. For the reasons you mentioned? Yes. And she went to court. She got a ruling in her favor a few months ago. And the update with this case is this week, the court uh, and the school district and, and Ms. Rickard, right. they all agreed to a $95,000 settlement to cover her legal expenses and other things brought on by this case. But but the court said she, she, uh, w- w- she, could, she was not forced to call 
a boy, a girl, a girl, a boy. Right, yes. Just because that person wanted you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She couldn't Huge be forced story. to. So that's a big deal. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, Ray, we can talk about this. Yeah. After the break. <clears throat> Kansas is basically a conservative state. Right, basically conservative. Right. Especially out in the hinterland. Right. The further west you go, the more conservative it yeah. gets. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Fort Riley school system, mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about? Yes. Right. I'll post the link here in a sec. Okay. Anyway, good. The teacher won. Good for her. Good for common sense. We'll be back momentarily. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary sponsored by Liberty University. Uh, My goal as a teacher is is to impart knowledge and then be able for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Cracker Barrel has gone woke. The restaurant chain with the rocking chairs out front just rolled out a new item on the menu, something called Impossible Sausage, made from plants. Nothing says homestyle breakfast like scrambled eggs and sausage made from azalea bushes and ferns. Cracker Barrel says customers are craving a nutritious plant-based option, but my social media feed says otherwise. Folks are riled up. They say the fake meat goes against Cracker Barrel's brand, a restaurant known for biscuits and gravy, comfort food, not health food. The average Cracker Barrel customer is not going to sit down for a plate of vegan biscuits with the side of almond milk gravy. By the way, the reason they called the sausage impossible, it's impossible to eat. Be sure to read my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation, now available at your favorite bookstore and online at toddstarns.com. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Ephesians 1, 11. 
American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Today's Issues is the name of this show. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson, Chris Woodward, and Ray Pritchard. Gary Bauer is going to be with us momentarily, and then Dr. Alex McFarlane uh, also this half hour. Uh, real quickly, the we were talking about a victory mm-hmm. uh, for Common Sense in, in uh, Fort Riley, Kansas. Yes. And the uh, school system there, or the administration, oh, is this a high school teacher? A middle school. Middle school teacher. They told her, the school administration told the teacher, you have to call a boy a girl, a girl a boy, if, or use the pronoun they want you to use, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And she said no. And she got a lawyer, mm-hmm. and she won. Yes. And they're having to write her a check for $95,000. Mm-hmm. And I guess she'll be reinstated. Uh, if, she, if she was suspended at all, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, she. Uh, her attorney yesterday, Caleb Dalton at Alliance Defending Freedom, told me that she has since retired during okay. this process, but she could okay. very well go back. She's 58. Okay, but uh, good for her for fighting this mm-hmm. idiocy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the the interesting thing here is that the school also administration also told the teacher mm-hmm. who since retired, you can't talk to the parents about this situation that you're child is wanting to be called the opposite sex correct right right which brings me to this point so the school is advocating for don't say gay mm-hmm. am i right <laughs> yeah yes from the other side mm-hmm. yes 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 yeah. the mm-hmm. school is saying don't say gay or don't say trans to the parents mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure huh you see my point i do yeah. Pretty brilliant, yeah. Quite frankly, well, the whole thing, so Tim, myself. is it's, it's diabolical to have the school system acting this way. And and on the bright side, not just the settlement, but the fact that she spoke up, and, and our friends at ADF, right. they stood up with her and for her. I think this ought to encourage Christians in the public school system yes. all across America. Christian teachers, you ought to stand up and make your voice heard because you can make a difference. There was a coach in Virginia did the same thing. Remember that about a year ago? That was an right. elementary school coach, too. Yeah, and they told him, no, you got to call a boy a girl and a girl a boy if they want to be called that. And mm-hmm. he said, I'm not going to do that. And he, too, went to court and won. Yes. So yep. we're getting tired of winning. <laughs> Uh, all I'm right. just glad I got to bring up a happy story during right. my segment. <laughs> right. Amen. Well, you're listening again to today's issues. I was reading Gary uh, Bauer's end of the day report last night, and uh, he had some very interesting comments about the FBI situation with um, President Trump. And uh, I invited Gary to come on, and he is with us now. Good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, Tim. It's a great discussion you're having. Well, uh, and I just want to let you guys know, I cannot possibly get tired of winning. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a rare thing. I know I've got a great capacity to win. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does feel good to win. It does. Absolutely. Everybody loves a winner. Uh, all right, so... Um, 
you don't believe me, look at the Alabama bandwagon. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it goes from coast to coast to people who've never been to I Tuscaloosa. Lived, I lived and worked there, too, right, during right. a time in which we were terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm we, not bitter. Uh, all right, so, Gary, talk about uh, – you, uh, you, you, you talked about in your end-of-day report, and we'll tell you folks how to get that in a minute, but about FBI agent Timothy Tebalt. Uh, T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. Discuss this, if you would, situation. Well, this is the guy who uh, either was fired or, quote-unquote, retired last week and was escorted out of the FBI building by a couple of other agents. But he has been implicated in both the decision uh, to not investigate the Hunter uh, uh, laptop, which I think at this point, every foreign enemy of the United States certainly must have their own copy. <laughs> it's funny that, you know, people here in the United States are still trying to prevent it from becoming uh, known or examined or whatever. Everybody else around the world that hates America has it. Uh, but he's also been implicated in pushing anti-Trump scenarios. The thing that jumped out at me, Tim and, and uh, panel, uh, it sounds like a high-powered panel, by the way, um, is that he had been on social media a lot and texting and uh, repeating tweets, et cetera, by groups like the Lincoln Project, which is a now a far-left, liberal-funded organization that has nothing to do with Lincoln. It's, it could be compared much more to John Wilkes Booth than Lincoln, uh, because the, the job of this group is to... Uh, politically assassinate uh, conservatives, Christians, Republicans, etc. So there was an obvious record here with this guy. Uh, uh, Ray, the head of the FBI, was asked about him in congressional hearings a couple of weeks ago. And they said to him, what if I told you that that this guy named so-and-so did this on the Hunter laptop and then did this on pushing the Trump investigation. What would your reaction be? And Ray said, well, that, that would be troubling. Uh, so, uh, obviously, there is a problem at the FBI, and this guy walked in, walked out of the FBI, sadly does not solve the problem, because we've had a number of people like this in recent years have to leave the FBI. By the way, none of them have, have, have had to do any jail time or pay any reparations for anything. They just went on and became CNN and MSNBC commentators and talking heads. And there's every indication to believe that, sadly, there's many more people like this, in particularly the Washington office, that are not only uh, political hacks, but they're undermining the reputation of all the men and women that work at the FBI and do an honorable job. Gary, it's Fred here. Uh, I guess we can be thankful to Senator Chuck Grassley. Uh, He has been the recipient of some whistleblowers inside the FBI who are finally coming forward. These are good FBI agents who say we don't want to be painted with the same brush. The American public is becoming very suspicious of some FBI agents like this guy, Tebow, who obviously uh, hates Donald Trump has hated Donald Trump for years. And for Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, to say, gee whiz, didn't know that was going on. And I find it very interesting that the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, 
has has now, and you note this in your end of day, put out a warning to the Justice Department. Hey, you guys, don't talk to the media anymore. Don't don't be going out there or even talking to members of Congress anymore. Because they yeah. know this junk is going on inside the FBI, and, and we want to keep it quiet. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, and by the way, you know, there is a whistleblower's law on the books that uh, prohibits whistleblowers from being punished uh, if they uh, report to members of Congress about problems in their agency. Uh, I, I think the attorney general uh, probably violated that law just with this memo. And, and it's, it's really uh, almost hilarious if it wasn't so serious. Because every day since the raid on Mar-a-Lago, uh, there is a new leak in, in the Washington Post or the New York Times from high-level sources at the Department of Justice or the FBI. And, of course, every week is another attack on conservatives, Donald Trump, uh, populism. You know, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And uh, they continue, by and large, to get away with it, which I think is, is so frustrating. Hey, guys, I know, you know, this is uh, I hope this isn't too complicated to get into. And forgive me if it is. But I was thinking about this the other day. You know, in normal society, conservatives support law enforcement. We support the police. We support the military. We support organizations like the FBI because we understand that order and going after bad guys is what you have to do to maintain a decent, uh, free society. But when a, a country is beginning to tilt into totalitarianism or authoritarianism, into communism or socialism, law enforcement and the military and organizations like the FBI get taken over by the bad guys. And then at that point, we've got to make the transition of saying, well, I can no longer say the FBI right yeah, good points. Used to hurt. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I think we're slowly in that. We may be in that moment that that transition is slowly taking place. It's not too late, but we can't be afraid to criticize the FBI, even what's going on at the Pentagon, et cetera, at, at a time like this. One, one other question about this particular agent, uh, Timothy Tebalt, who either resigned retired or was forced out we're not sure uh which but uh was he the one that's being said to have covered up for hunter biden's laptop uh story yes yes absolutely um yeah he he appears to have leaned on colleagues at the fbi I don't know what he said to them or whatever, but the guy was pretty far up in the agency. He'd been there for 25 years. And he said, look, let's not get into that because it could affect an election. The FBI is not allowed to affect an effect to affect an election. Well, that's interesting because they they affected the 2016 election by helping keep the Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop from becoming public. We know they probably... Uh, determined the outcome of the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. They're in the raid in, in Florida. They're attempting to influence the 22 election. And if they end up in, indicting Donald Trump, it's a clear attempt to affect the 24 election. So, man, I, I'm glad they're not allowed to affect elections. <laughs> because right. Things could get really out of control. 
Right, exactly. I, I just, um, you're right, Gary, about uh, conservatives have always supported law enforcement, military, law and order, and, and that is continues as a general philosophy of conservatism but wow you know when you when you when you read what everybody in the world can read about what was on Hunter Biden's laptop relative not the sordid stuff which is horrible I'm talking about the personal behavior of yeah of Hunter Biden which you know doesn't need to be discussed on Christian radio <laughs> but I'm I'm not really talking about that that's one issue I'm talking about uh, how much money Hunter Biden made and potentially his father from foreign business yep. deals. Yes. And some of that stuff is like the big guy, 10% and all this. This is stuff that's out there and needs to be investigated. And you would think the FBI would be the ones to do it. And I, and I don't know what's going on. Maybe they have. Uh, maybe they are. But it doesn't appear, you know, it doesn't appear that anything's being done in that regard. And did did, did, did uh, FBI Director Ray have any co- comment on, on that at all when in his testimony a couple weeks back? No, he kind of, uh, you know, well, I'll look into it. He's kind of surprised. He, uh uh, he also did something which I thought was extraordinary. You know, the FBI is subject to oversight uh, by Congress, and uh, he was in front of a Senate committee hearing. Uh, things were getting a little uncomfortable for him. You could tell that from just his body language. And suddenly he says, uh, I'm sorry, Senators, I have to leave. I have a plane to catch. And Senator Grassley says, sir, we need you to stay. We still have questions in, in our oversight. Capacity. I'm really sorry. Uh, the, the flight is scheduled. I, I've got to make it, and he leaves the hearing. Really, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't flight. see that. Yeah, and he wasn't. Yeah. Fly, he wasn't flying Delta Airlines. Uh, no, the head no, of the no. FBI <laughs> has a jet waiting for him. So he's basically saying, "I'm not going to answer your questions. I yes. got something else to do, more important than yeah, than than congressional yep. oversight of my agency." Yeah. Wow. You know. One of the most important questions every free society has to deal with is who watches the watchers? Yes. In other words, if you give yes. agencies like the FBI the ability to monitor conversations and look, you'll go looking for bad guys, who watches them to make sure they're not abusing their power? And it ends up uh, in many ways can you say nobody's lo- watching. Can you say Lois Lerner? <laughs> Remember that? Right. Who's watching the IRS, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, Gary, how yeah. can how can people read your end-of-the-day report that you do Monday through Friday? Uh, well, thanks for asking. They can go to ouramericanvalues.org uh, and sign up there. There's no charge for it. And uh, I find it therapeutic when I, I write it, but other people tell me that they have to take some Pepto Bismol afterwards. So I don't know. It's a mixed well, one. It's a mixed. It's a mixed uh, bag, yeah. right there. Yes. All right. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. Take care. You too. God bless you all. Okay, right. That's take Gary care. Bauer, who's been in Washington a long time as a conservative, pro-family activist. Ray, any thoughts on what we just talked about? You wonder how are we ever going to restore trust in the FBI? The, the irony of this, something you said, Tim, and Gary echoed, is that 
it's from our side, the conservative side, we've been the best supporters of police generally, law enforcement generally, and we've been behind the FBI. But now we see, can we just use the word corruption? Corruption at the top of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, it's going to take a long time to restore trust. And I don't know, guys, whether there's the political will on, on the part of anybody in Congress, even if we, even if Republicans take back the White House to do anything about the FBI. That's going to be a tough battle. Yeah, you would have to have a Republican president who is willing to clean house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you would have to have um, if, if there's going to be substantial changes in the – again, the, it appears to be the D.C. Uh, FBI. Yeah. Uh, not so much, you know, across the country with the field agents and things like that, but it seems, seems that with with James Comey even maybe preceding him, I don't know, but uh, they became – they, the FBI, became partisan mm-hmm. when, when – uh, FBI Director Comey, who always had a stellar reputation before that whole thing blew up with Clinton and the emails and everything, when he let her off, when he said, when he said, yes, she's been breaking the law, yeah. but we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, she didn't intend to, though. Yeah, when he played the intent card, <laughs> and I'm going, hold on just a minute. <laughs> hold on just a minute. Intent was when you set up a server in your bathroom at your house so you can avoid congressional oversight. Yes. When you're Secretary of State of the U.S. doing government business, that's intent. That's the very definition of intent. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and and then, he, didn't have, he didn't ever answer that. And then when the it. public learns about that, you start wiping files like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then James Comey says, but she didn't intend right. to do that. And, 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 and then, uh, I don't want to relive this whole thing, but you remember the uh, two agents, Strzok, and this was like a Lifetime Le- movie or something. Lisa Page. Yeah. Uh, well, Strzok, I think he was the one that went over to interview Hillary Clinton about this whole thing. And they didn't even put her under oath. Nah, you don't have to do that. She was never even put under oath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, what about what about all those emails you wiped out? You mean, and she goes, you mean like with a cloth or something? You remember that? It right. was just right. bizarre. Well, well, then, and also anyway. Hillary's husband meeting on the tarmac there. Oh, yeah, with the pu- attorney general. With the attorney general of the United States. Oh, we just talked about our grandkids. Right. Mm-hmm. Just I'm just friendly yeah, chat. I forgot chat. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. In this news cycle, that feels like 50 years ago. That's right. Yeah. Imagine if 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 a Republican Attorney General had met with oh yeah somebody who's a key target of an investigation's husband or wife and yeah by, alone Anderson met Cooper alone yes. Anderson Cooper would be on CNN all oh, like yeah. disheveled looking, yeah. you know. I, so, so you know what? So, so folks, this this distrust of the FBI and the Justice Department is merited, mm-hmm. well deserved. But well, well what we've deserved. seen in the last yeah. three or four years, yes. uh, it's been one thing after another, and they all break for the Democrats. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, you're listening to today's issues on AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson, Chris Woodward, and Ray Pritchard. Joining us now is our good friend, Dr. Alex McFarland, heard each weekday afternoon on the program Exploring the Word with Brother Bert Harper from 3 to 4 Central Time right here on AFR and live on the radio Bible study. It's excellent. You will enjoy it. If you haven't heard it, tune in this afternoon. 
at 5 after 3 Central Time. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, everybody. All right, Alex, our topic for you today, we didn't have one, so we ask you, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and I thought this was interesting. You t- you talked about, uh, you sent us an, uh, a text t- uh, talking about something called pop spirituality. Yeah, yeah. What is, what is that? Well, it's this undefined, vague uh, spirituality, but no real substance and certainly not a biblical foundation. And if you go in, like, the grocery store now, all up at the checkout counter, there'll be magazines. And I want to encourage people to be aware of a word that you'll see called mindfulness, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-N-E-S-S, mindfulness. And 20 years ago, we would have called it New Age Thought. But mindfulness, and there's you'll see all these magazines about that, it sort of connotes maybe meditation or just kind of reflecting on life. But what it is, the reason I brought it up, Tim, was it's kind of this universalistic, inclusive spirituality. It's, it's woke, but it's certainly not the gospel. And, you know, a, as always, the church needs to guard itself against these, you know, the ideas of man versus the revelation of God. And so mindfulness and pop spirituality is the most recent recent version of kind of New Age nebulous thought that sort of inoculates people against being convicted over their sin. Right. Alex, this question of mindfulness is so interesting because I've seen that word floating around and yours is the best explanation I've heard yet, because it is seeping into uh, some Christian thought. What is the difference between biblical meditation? David in the Psalms talked about that, meditating on God, on his word, on his law. What's the difference between this vague idea of mindfulness and biblical meditation? Well, thanks. You know, in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul talks about renewing our mind, in other words, getting our mind continually in line with God's truth, which is the Bible. Uh, that's why we do Exploring the Word, because we're trying to call America to the, the rock-solid truth of God's Word. Um, regarding just being fulfilled and, and being at peace, you know, Isaiah 26.3 says that God will keep us in perfect peace when our mind is fixed on, on Christ. But new agey, nebulous, vague spirituality, mindfulness, uh, it, it basically says look within yourself. Well, you know, Jeremiah 17 says the heart is deceitful and wicked. Uh, we can't even comprehend. You know, the, the way the King James renders Isaiah 17, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 17, says the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? meaning we don't really even comprehend our own capacity for sin. Now, mindfulness says look deep inside of yourself to find all you need. Christianity says, no, let's admit that we're sinners and we need a Savior, and it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word that we can really not not only be redeemed, but have that peace and stability. So I just wanted to bring that up. Tim, I want to thank you for letting me make people aware yeah. of this, but when you see the word mindfulness, okay, it's contrary to the gospel. It really is. Well, another, uh, you know, 
Satan is shrewd. Very. Okay. And folks, if you don't believe in the devil or Satan, Jesus did. So, you know, <laughs> True. argue with Jesus about that. He did. He absolutely believed in Satan and the devil being one. But I want to ask you about this. There's, we, we used to call this the New Age movement back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, and you, you mentioned mindfulness is a, is a, is a buzzword now for these folks. Right. Another one is spirituality or spiritual. A lot of times I will hear celebrities even, uh, interviewed and they'll say, well, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And what, what they're trying, to, uh, it's again, it's undefined. It's nebulous. It's like their theology is like nailing jello to the wall. You know, they, <laughs> they, they won't, they don't want to come down any, any particular area because they don't want to be criticized when they, when they have to do, if they're having to do that. So you can just, I mean, and you even see some Christian celebrities take this approach. Um, well, it, it's safe. I mean, to say, well, you know what, um, I, I don't tell people what to do, but I myself, I'm a very spiritual person. Right. See, that that really commits you to nothing. <laughs> right. I, I mean, right. That's you, not you, exactly taking up your cross daily and following <laughs> me, right? We need some courageous Christians and, you know, high-profile believers who will say, I've been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus who rose from the dead said he was the only way, and that's what I believe. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, just beware of those. So so the word we need to watch out for now. Mindfulness. Uh, we, we need some Christianity with backbone, guys. Amen. All right, thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. We look forward to hearing you and Bert this afternoon. God bless you all. Okay. Uh, and he was talking about the God of the Bible right there, people. <laughs> huh? The only one. The only one. The only, That's right. The, the only true God. All right. Uh, we thank you for listening this hour. We're going to take a short time out, Chris. Thank you. The brilliance and genius you brought to this show. Unparalleled for Thursday. (laughs) Yes. What a great Thursday for you. (laughs) I had good news today, people. Yeah, we'll be back. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.